In the early dawn, the Himalayas were dark and brooding. Towering over the valley of Sindhala, they rose up and up, resting against the bleak gray sky like giants. They were very old and very holy. Before the first people appeared in this part of the world, their slopes were already worn down by the rains of countless centuries. When the Buddha himself passed this way on his return to India, they had offered him shelter. There was very little they had not seen of human desire and folly. Now, in the first pale light of the new day, they were silent, shrouded in their own mystery. Then suddenly, everything was glitter and heat and dancing shadows. Crystals of ice sparkled on the tips of the highest peaks. The glaciers shone like great solar mirrors, unbearably bright and blindly beautiful. To the east, a twisting ball of orange flame thrust itself over the horizon. It was the sun, dressed in the same colors as the monks in the temples below, who were swaying over their cups of buttered tea, chanting prayers for the prosperity of the prince and the royal family. For this was an auspicious day, a wedding day. In the great valley, the red and gold prayer flags were already fluttering from every housetop, and the smoke from a thousand cooking fires was rising into the air. Everyone was getting up early this morning to see the wedding procession. Outside the temples, the younger monks were putting the finishing touches on the great shrines that would be carted through the streets of Sindhala. The painted eyes of the Buddhas looked down on them benevolently from beneath their golden crowns. Blue, dreaming, compassionate eyes that saw everything and desired nothing. Here, mounted on a wooden platform, was a dragon god three stories high, garlanded with flowers, dancing on sheaves of rice so that the bride would be fertile. Over there, a dreadful black collie trampled the plaster bones and skulls of her enemies, showing her great red tongue as she lapped up the last bits of evil that might threaten the ceremony. The children of Sindhala were half crazy with delight at the sight of these preparations. They ran back and forth in their new clothes like flocks of small, agitated birds, ignoring their mother's pleas to come inside and finish their breakfasts. For who could eat on a day like this? Besides the shrines, there were going to be soldiers and bands and big black foreign cars with rich strangers in them. There were going to be real elephants with jeweled houses on their backs, called howdahs. And inside one of them, the bride would be sitting, concealed behind red silk curtains. She was blonde, with skin like milk, and she came from America, that fabulous land where everyone ate meat three times a day, and there were no lepers, and Chubby Checker sang, Let's Do the Twist, just the way he did on the radio. The children twisted a little, for old movies came here occasionally, years after they had been popular in the West, shown outdoors on projectors run by bicycle generators. Then the children broke into some of the ancient, traditional dances of Patan, their hands and arms swaying gracefully. 
On the great wall that surrounded the city, the same dances could be seen, carved into the stone over a thousand years ago. Andu Baka Ta Patan, the children sang. Nothing ever changes in Patan. For this was the pride of their people, to be eternal and unchanging and different from all other people in the world.